Welcome to episode four. four of the Drug Squadcast podcast, the podcast in which we talk all things addiction, where the gloves are off, a bit like Amir Khan, which is last <laughs> night his were off. <laughs> so yeah, my name's Kieran, I'm, as always, I'm joined by Pete and Sam, so guys, how's things? Yeah, good. How's life? All good, mate. Yes. Yeah. Lost two stone. <laughs> oh, yeah, you mentioned it. That's what you asked me. Yeah, the way it's set and well, it's just down two pounds actually, but yeah. Is that just from going to the gym? Uh, yeah, well, I changed my diet. I got out of the sugar. I took no drugs to lose weight. Yeah, I started to lose a bit of weight. But uh, yeah, I changed my diet, changed my training a little bit. Uh, Supper was about four minutes. Yeah, I think you got the same still. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was 117 stone so yeah, I woke up a height in because you're just still fat. How's things for you, Sam? All right? All good, yeah. In the process of new jobs and stuff like that, so that's all good. Oh, you've had a change um, in your job, haven't you? Yeah, I had a change in my job. But, um, do you know what? I'm excited about the project more than anything else. Do you know what I mean? Which is, it's not like you, just get a new job. Oh, I love a new job. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I always said it the other day, I actually hate working. <laughs> I, I don't know who likes to work. At least it shows you've worked for a long period of time. Yeah, right? of course, of course. Yeah, work's important, isn't it? Yeah. Today we're going to be meeting Jason, which we'll touch upon in a bit. But before we get into it, um, we just want to give you guys a bit of a quick update on where we are mm. as a project. Yeah. So, as we spoke about previously, we have the plan is to be up and running in July, isn't it? Yeah. Um, where we will have our accommodation for people to come and stay with us. And we'll also have our venue in the city centre, Coventry. April. Uh, in April. But April. that's where we're hoping it will be open, although we may reconsider and make it so it coincides with the opening of the house because that's oh. where the, the residents will be coming for, mm, yeah, our, yeah. for our day programme. So plans are, are really progressing nicely, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. It's the first time wearing these uh, smart polo shirts on the podcast as well. Yeah, Diamond Road Project <laughs> ones. You can like, can't see Pete, he's got his gilet on. I'll let you get it where I'm from. I'll let you get it. I've got it on, man. New mics, yes. so you can hear me. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we've had a few reports that, that Pete is very softly spoken, so he's got we've got two mics now, but we're hoping that will have a good effect on the sound yeah. because mm. obviously the sound is... Yeah. It's of utmost importance so you guys can hear what we're what we're saying. So the project is looking really good. I'm very optimistic. So the plan is for me personally that I'll be leaving my job in April and mm. um, where I'll be going full time into the project and with you two guys to follow a little bit after. As in one, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So hopefully that once the, the houses are open, we've got our our day programme from running, we'll hopefully make a, a small difference in a in a, in a big problem, I believe. Yeah. Or a big difference in a small city. Yeah. Small, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first podcast with Michelle, um, the res- I think went down really well. Amazing. Yeah. I thought Michelle was a brilliant guest. Michelle's great, man. Mm-hmm. I loved the way she was honest and open. I really, yeah. honestly, I really enjoyed listening back to it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was a good, a good start for us yeah. moving forward. Mm. 
So how do you guys find it with, with Michelle? Do you enjoy it? Michelle's great. Yeah. We've known Michelle for a few years, between yeah. us each. Michelle's work that she does in the city with the females, and the, yeah. not just females, but with the recovery, and with, um, with people who are homeless and stuff. I mean, I follow a lot of her stuff on, on Facebook. It's amazing, man. To have her come onto the podcast as the first guest, I thought it was great. And yeah, I thought it was important to get a female on. Yeah. I think that worked really well. And it was really honest, you know, like, that's what people don't hear enough of, do you know what I mean? People that have come from where she has come from and now look at her life today, do you know what I mean? No, no one really sees that. Like you say, you like, you never see them people get clean if not yeah. from where you're from, do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm from a cancer state, no one gets clean, no one talks about getting clean. People either die, they get sent to prison, in and out of prison, or even worse, they live with this stuff forever. And then mm they live a miserable existence and they die of it anyway and we're fortunate that we know people that have got clean mm. many people which many people. will lead us on to today's guest yes. uh, Jason and uh, before we bring Jason on I'm not going to introduce him what we'll do is we've got a short video clip that you guys can see now and that should do the talking for us so uh, we'll let that play Mr Jason Turner for services to those with substance and criminal justice issues Investitures are traditional, and I'm, I'm always absolutely fascinated by the people who come and uh, all the things that they, they've done. I think one of the most important aspects of, of an investiture is to be able to reward, in a suitable way, the selfless service and, and dedication of so many of these remarkable people. When talking with the recipients at these investitures, I'm reminded of all of the great things that they have done to earn their awards. The long service that they have given throughout their working lives, the considerable achievements they have reached, and the selfless commitments they have made to their communities. Those who have deserved recognition do get reached by the honour system, and I've met many of them in my travels around the UK and elsewhere. I hope the example set by these naturally generous and determined people will not be underestimated, um, especially that they will have enjoyed the experience of today. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Jason. Welcome. <laughs> I wonder what people thought of that clip. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know that I was blown away by it, and um, Andy Mom. Yeah. No, I bet she was. Yeah, yeah, so it was kind of like... Um, I don't know, I suppose the ultimate, the only the other thing I could do for an amends to my family would be a knighthood, I suppose, but mm. I don't think I'm going to get on an amends. Would you say that's your biggest achievement? Uh, I suppose it's the most public achievement. Yeah. I mean, like, I'll talk about some of the, the other stuff. I mean, some of the achievements that that are, that are, hold, that are hold dear have yeah. nothing to do with me. Your personal ones? No, yeah. not, not me, no. I mean, like, I... So I kind of, like I say, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a filmmaker, um, you know, I kind of said that, you know, my thing is, is if you're a filmmaker, they have a thing called a, an elevator pitch, which mm. means that if you're an elevator in a skyscraper and the director comes in, or a producer, that you can sell the idea to them in an elevator pitch. And my elevator pitch is, I went from smack air, crack air, blazing, blah, blah, blah. So I know over you, you know, I've done half, you know, 
And there it is. Yeah. Yeah. And there is the OBE. Yeah, 11 and a half years. And 11 and a half years, yeah. So, so we'll, we'll talk about the OBE <coughs> a bit later on. Yeah. Uh, just quickly for our listeners, quick to let them know the dynamic between the four of us. So obviously mm. us four are in recovery from substance misuse where we attend our, our meetings and stuff, and that's where we've met. That's where, met that's where we met Jace, <laughs> a few years ago now. I think I met Sam first, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Kieran. Yeah, yeah. and I've then Pete. I've seen you, I've yeah, seen you share the meetings. Yeah. So you come over and share on the Wednesday night meeting. I was there. Bed yeah. yeah, that was so it, the yeah. first time I'd seen Jace in a little while. Yeah, so. Great share. The idea of this, <laughs> the idea of this podcast is that we the drugs and that is, is it tends to be in like a, an anonymous situation where it's all hush hush, and back back in them days, being a drug addict, you would be classed mm. as an outcast, mm. and that's why people didn't really talk about it. Society has moved on since then, yet that hasn't. Mm. It's yeah. still that stigma still remains. So that's why we're doing this podcast where we talk on camera, we talk on audio, and we let people know a bit about who we are, what we did, and what we've done since mm. our drugs. So. Tell us a little bit about you, Jay. Tell us about your story, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, just kind of going back to that little bit that you were saying there about society. So I did, um, I did a degree, and um, and my dissertation was around um, was around addiction and around because I did media and it was around media. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to find those, and I'm going to do air commas here. You know, those daily mail readers. Mm. You know, who would be scum. You know what I mean? Like they deserve where they get, and, yeah. but I couldn't find them. I could not find them in society. I think mm. that they are a. Um, I think it's a generational thing. Mm. I think over the past three, four decades, you know, especially in the UK, that we're quite um, we're quite forgiving. We like um, a, a success story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think in society, I think you know what I mean. Those kind of you know, the, the media will sell you that there's there's a narrow-minded bigot kind of, do you know what I mean? But, mm. You know, I couldn't kind of find them. I couldn't find them for my dissertation, to be honest with you. So, this stuff, you know, um, do you think sometimes it's, Do you think sometimes a lot of it's in the head of the addict thinking that we can't talk about this stuff because people think we'll yeah, say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Even I'm though it's not really being said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have it internally think, well, we better not mention it because of that old stigma. Yeah. But then also as well, I mean, like I'm fortunate. Do you know what I mean? Like, I did the, the stuff that I did when I did get clean. Um, you know, I, I I haven't had to hide behind anonymity. I mean, like there are people out there that can't yeah. reveal yeah. this stuff. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, we all know because of their jobs, yeah. because their family didn't know. Mm. Do you know that kind of stuff? But for me personally, I don't care. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I never knew anybody that got clean when I was using I didn't know Same. anybody the only mm. people that ever got clean were people that that either um, died yeah. or went to prison that's it that was it I didn't I'd know only heard of celebrities that got clean because I didn't know any other people that yeah. so I, that's why I went to rehab because that's where they all went exactly yeah. you know but I think now kind of getting it out there that we do you know because it's not about you using now, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's about the recovery, do you know what I mean? Can we, yeah. you know, like I'll use, I'm quite prolific on, on kind of Facebook and that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'll just throw just mad stuff out there just to get reaction. I see some of the stuff in your achievements and stuff, like I've seen it, it's, it's awesome, man. 
It's nice to see people who are making it so we can be seen and heard. Yeah, yeah. And, and you don't have to hide it anymore, you know, like for the people who are thinking, shall I put it out there or not? Yeah. Well, we are, do you know what I mean? But yeah. I also understand people who have it, you know, their careers, they, they can't. Yeah, they don't have to. They don't, they don't have to, yeah. That's exactly right. I think the other thing that we could, as because of being a filmmaker as well, especially doing this stuff, yeah. I personally have always kept away from people that are freshing. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there was a guy that was about, um, and, it, and it always kind of sticks in my head. Um, you know, there was a guy that I got kind of got clean with, but he'd been clean before, um, for about a year before, so mm. he did a video, but he was petrified for years afterwards, like he was scared for years mm. that it would come out, so I think, it. yeah, you've just got to kind of, if you are going to do this stuff, it's people that have yeah, got, just further down the road, they've got good recovery, yeah. do you know what I mean, yeah. and that they're, they're not, you know what I mean, kind of, kind of damage themselves, yeah. you know, four, five, six, seven, eight years clean, do you know what I mean, but newcomers and that, they don't know what they're going to do, do you know what I mean, so, yeah. well, I just think this is great, it's finding it's, ourselves, isn't it, yeah, because you're getting people in here, that are, do you know what I mean, you're mm. talking about stuff that, do you know, with people, I've seen the content that you kind of put out there, the people that know what they do, what they're saying and what they're doing, we like to talk about the, the madness and then we'd love to talk about the recovery because that contrast yeah, yeah. in itself is a positive message that we want to get across to our listeners so me Pete and Sam from Coventry born and bred um, <laughs> you're not <laughs> no, no, no. so where, 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 where did you grow up so I grew up on um, so I grew up on Chelmseywood okay, yeah. which, is, like, which is if you look out your window now yeah. and look towards Birmingham my mum and dad, well, my mum and dad's house is right on the edge. And if you looked out my mum and dad's window, the next houses you would see mm. would be in Coventry. Yeah, so right you're, right only right a, on you're only a stone's throw away, aren't you? Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. across the field. That was where I, I kind of grew up, you know, when I grew up on this housing estate. That, um, what, what was your childhood like? <coughs> I would, this is what I'm saying, you know, when I kind of came in here, I had a really good upbringing. Me too. Do you know, my so. mum and dad, my dad was a grafter, my dad worked, my mum was just, just showered, I've got a twin sister, you know, she just showered us with love, do you know what I mean, my dad was, was out grafting all the time, do you know what I mean? Um, your sister in recovery, do you want to ask her? Who? Your sister? You nah, nah, she's one of us though, <laughs> she's never, but she's never put a substance in her body, she's yeah, one she's of driven. us. Yeah. She, well, but she's driven that much, she retired from work at 46. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Like she was able so are you 46 then? Say again. Are you no, 46? 52. <laughs> <laughs> no, 52. Um, I, you know what I mean? Like I just, you know. But my sister, she's one of us. She's yeah. untreated. Yeah. But she's just driven. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's what we are. Yeah. You can't, be, you can't be a drug addict for, you know, like for years and years and years and not be driven. Yeah. It's about tapping into that drive and finding something it's using that drive in a, in a positive way, isn't yeah. it, I believe? Mm. Mm. Not, you know, not damaging or whatever. You know, I grew up on, like I say, I, was, I grew up on Charlesywood. Do you know what I mean? It had a bad name before it was even built. Do you know what I mean? Like, my mum, come down to see the house, she had this big silver cross double pram and she's walking down, there wasn't even a road. She was walking down a clay track. <laughs> you know, the paths, I mean, but the house, yeah. the plots and that were there. Do you know what I mean? It was like, you know, they hadn't put the grass down, or mm. then she went down and saw the house and says, Yeah, I want it. And it was back in the day where my mum then had to go to the phone box and phone up my granddad's neighbour 
and then the neighbour would go and get my granddad to go and make all that yeah, 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 yeah. phone the express for the phone calls back in the day. And I uh, phoned my dad and my granddad, when was your dead chuffed? You know what I mean? Oh, you know, I've got this house. And my granddad was like, ah, oh, you don't even want a Charles, he wouldn't. My mum was like, you didn't build it yet. Do you think <laughs> living in that environment led to your <coughs> sort of using behaviour? Was it? What age was you when you first used drugs? And what, and what drug was it, or drink, or what? Yeah, well, I mean, like, drink wasn't really a thing, because you've got to think, I was an old, I'm an old fella, right, so I'm 52. <laughs> so you've got to kind of look at the social stuff. Alcohol wasn't really around when I was a kid. Do you know yeah. what I mean? If you wanted to drink, you had to go to the pub. Mm. Do you know what I mean? The only place You couldn't go to the offie, like, well, and... Well, that's what it was called, called. You know what I mean? Like, there's, we've got a terminology in Birmingham, and if you call it the outdoor... And people go, outdoor one. But that was what the off-license was called. It was mm. connected to the pub. Okay. So then was kind of the only two places where you could buy alcohol. Mm. Now, it's in every shop. Yeah. yeah alcohol's in every shop. You get shop. it delivered to your door. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Because I was little <laughs> Apparently. Because well, <laughs> <laughs> I was only a little fella, I could never get into the pub. Do you know what I mean? I went to, you know, when you get, you know, when you turn 18 and you get the, 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 the tickets from the local nightclub because you'd be down to anything. I couldn't even get into my own part. That's how good I was. I had to go all the way back to Charlesworth to get some ID to go back there. Do you know what I mean? So alcohol was never really a, a thing for me. But, you know, cannabis was the first thing. Was that the first? Yeah, yeah, but then thing? I remember just getting obsessed with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm obsessed with it. was hard measure back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. how old were you, do you reckon? I think the first... Actually, the first time I ever had a drag on a fat, because I started smoking when I was about 10. Mm-hmm. The first time I had a drag on a, on a spliff, I was probably about 11 or 12. But it was just a couple of drags, and mm-hmm. I, I don't remember getting anything coffee. But then the first time I actually had a, a spliff and knew what it was and got a buzz off it, I was probably about 14. Yeah. But that was just kind of like, that was the starting of it. Because mm-hmm. it was like, I had to find a dealer. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But then once I'd made the connection, that was it. But it, I just remember like, thinking back now that, that, that nobody, if you didn't use drugs or you didn't talk about drugs or you did cannabis at the time, you didn't talk about cannabis or use cannabis, mm. or, I weren't interested. So I sought out those people. I remember when I was flat out losing years later and I said to me, my dad went, he went, you still using them drugs? Well, yeah, man, everybody does. And he went, no, they don't. <laughs> everybody you know. <laughs> so not everybody. But that was, I, was, I actually believe that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because everybody. Because every, everyone you was around was using yeah, drugs. Was, so. Yeah, your circle was. So How? to you, everyone was. Yeah. What do I want to say? No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> How long was it before you noticed that, that the drugs progressed? Do you know, like they, they got harder and harder and harder? Well, they never, I mean, like, for me, well, my, so I say this, Michelle, so my, my using of, of substances came in three distinct chunks. Yeah. There was fun, yeah. then there was fun with problems, <laughs> yeah. then there was just problems, yeah. do you know what I mean, like, and the fun with problems, mm. well kind of, they started, I don't know, when I was about 21, 22, yeah. so from, how old was the fun, I mean, just the fun, 
Listen, if I said that all my using was I'd be lying. Because it was I was like taking a pill of guns on there, you ever really enjoyed that time. You ever took a pill of my beef though? Nah. Only because I wanted to You're missing out. Mike Posner was great. He's correct, he's brilliant. So when it was kind of manageable, smoking a bit of weed and all and all that part do you know what I mean? Like it was it was alright. I mean I've got a girlfriend and then I got introduced to speed and I did acid next. Which just freaked the life out. <laughs> I watched somebody get stabbed for the first time. I did, uh, I did, um, as I did acid. I seen somebody get stabbed up, and I was just kind of like in horror. I was horrified, and the song, sign of the times, my prince, was just on playing the head all, all through the night. You know, but that didn't put me off. It scared mm. the life out of me. Well, I still doing it again. I've never took acid. No, I've never. Uh, Took speed, but not never acid. Do, do the, lads, do the old lad from my area used to take acid. Like a little tap thing. did some really fucked up stuff. Like one of them jumped out of a window at the balcony, yeah. and a few of them. Is it hallucinogenic? Glassed, yeah, one yeah. of them glassed himself, and I just thought, I oh, sort of lose control anyway, so yeah, yeah. I'm alright with yeah. everything else. All the other drugs are just down there. I mean, like, you know, for me, I mean, like, which, I don't know, you're going to kind of use it, I'm going to show you a photo now. So I can put that photo on it and me flying I, I never, that photograph, if you use it, I never planned <laughs> on getting like that. that I didn't plan on getting like that. These are some of the consequences there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so well, I never started using it to kind of, yeah. to get into yeah. that state. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just ain't, I found myself there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I say I've hidden until I got there. Do you know what I mean? Because that was I, I what I part of the culture. Like, yeah. What was going on around me? Subculture. Yeah, I, I did. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm 52, so do you know what I mean? Like, you've got to think about socially what was happening at the time. You know, the minor striking. You know, the big upheaval. You know, the social unrest around. You know, the, around the, the miners, and then you've got the poll tax riots. Do you know, there was a lot of civil unrest. Do you know what I mean? And then you got swampy digging underneath the Newbury bypass and then you know and then the, the you know the new age travellers were were kind of like you know the demons of society do you know what I mean and there was a lot of legislation that was that was put up around that so that was really like exciting you know oh, mm. yeah, I didn't want a bit of that you know there used to be a fella on Charleswood that used to lend us a transit van and we'd be off you know we'd be off with oversaws mobile phones like that but, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <a party. laughs> Did you always find the party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we kind of ended up not like, just starting out. Like, well, like, kids on Charleswood ending up being buried. You know, I mean, uh, you know, ending up. We raided. We raided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what what drugs were you on then, Jay? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, over in you know Leicestershire, down in Gloucestershire, you know, the Forest of Dean, as far as towing in Wales. Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, it's just all kind of what was your drugs then? What were you taking then? It was just like your acid and that yeah, still. Acid, speed, pills, pills, drinking. No, that's what I'm saying. I never drunk. I never <laughs> drunk really until mm. the arse end of my of my using. I kind of worked out really quickly that, and what I didn't work out for the rest of it, that alcohol, I felt the consequences on the night. It was either getting chinned falling off summer, breaking summer, yeah, or, yeah. you know, getting done for drink driving or something, do you know what I mean? So yeah. I kind of kept away mm. from from alcohol. I drove for years, 
Jim and all was the driver. Jim and all would drive the car everywhere. I'd take us out earning, take us out raving. Because drinking, yeah, but drink wasn't more thing. That's a good point though, because consequences of drugs can be gradual. Exactly. It's not instantaneous, it's, is it? With alcohol, it could it could, it could alcohol, be that way. You were finding the consequences was instant on this or on the night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the other yeah, night, the night or yeah. the next day, yeah, the guilt yeah. and shame, gobbling off at somebody. Yeah, and, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of getting chinned or waking mm. up the next day. Waking up the next day. Most times when it's great drinking, I then find somebody that would then give, I can't believe the way you behave last night. Yeah. I can't believe you said that to her. And, what, and you can't remember? Yeah, <laughs> with alcohol, if I used to drink a lot of alcohol, with, with, like, with drugs, but with the alcohol, the next day, if my phone rang me, anxiety would go through the roof. Yeah. It was never anything good. Yeah. It never be like, you were really nice to last night. It was like what you said. What if, like, you know, you're gonna have to go and call me so and so, or you know, you've wrecked this, you've destroyed this poor boy. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the consequences were literally in that 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Exactly. My anxiety after alcohol, probably from the alcohol as well. But when that phone rang, I knew. None of you didn't know this is going off. Or these are at my mum's. You know what I mean? The CIA around my mum's again. Me and alcohol didn't mix well either. Yeah, yeah, I'd be yeah. the biggest mm-hmm. idiot in the room. Yeah, Some yeah. would say I'm st- I'm like that sober, but <laughs> more so when I was drinking. I'd just be, I'd just be a buffoon. But you're not insulting anybody now, are you? Or smashing place mm. up? And, do you know me? Like since I've been in recovery, one thing that I can say since I've been in recovery is every phone I've had in recovery has has lasted the life of yeah. the phone. Yeah. Like I would have phones when I was using and I was drinking. Like at the end of my yeah. using, I was drinking. And I'll probably get through three, four, five, six phones a year. People get sick of changing And I'll end up smashing my own phone up. Do you know what I mean? I'll end up smashing my own stuff up. Yeah. Do you know how much of a vile? I used to think, right, that I never got any consequences from drinking. And someone told me, what happens when you drink? And every single time I took drugs. Do you know what I mean? Because that was a consequence that, like. They go hand in hand, Sam. Yeah. That's true. But every time I drank, I took drugs, do you know what I mean? Uh, well, they do to us. Yeah. <laughs> I think they do, for, like your dad, I think they do for everyone. They don't. <laughs> My old man's over there now drinking. Yeah. And I can't see a line of cocaine anywhere. No. It's good as that. And it's not really as good as this. But then the drugs, the consequence was that my family was watching me, don't mm. Yeah. You know, they was watching me, you know, emaciated. They were watching me malnourished. They was watching me at seven stone. They was watching me just lie through my teeth. And there was always a scam or a, or you know, like kind of manipulation or do you know what I mean? Something. It's just like I just my pair, my family just used to look at me like baffled. Yeah. Do you I'm know not, what I mean? Like baffled by my behaviour. Like, like. Do you mind me asking really what? Think that you're going to get away with that? What drugs you? What drugs? What, 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 you know, like you got 21, and that's when it became a fun with problems. What, yeah. what drugs have we won then? Are you still on the acid then and the speed? Yeah, so, yeah, so it was like acid, speed, and then ecstasy came along, and then it was crack cocaine for me. Like, I've done crack before I've done heroin. Mm. Heroin came as well. What do you think when you first smoked? Can you remember that first time you smoked crack? I was just. I, just, I couldn't work it out. I remember the first time I did it, I ended up getting to sleep. I ended up getting to sleep. I was in a flat at a mate of mine's house. I was in a mate of mine's house and I seen how expensive it was. Crack. I just thought, I'm out of this. I, I, I couldn't afford it at the time. You know what I mean? Like, I, so I just went and laid. The crack is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, and then, because I was a glazer by trade, um, 
So I was like, you know, I did, did putty work. Do you know what I mean? The old. You like set the windows out as well. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I use. I, I was a glazer, so I did putty work, did arcades, did single glazing, then double glazing came on. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then heroin and crack came along, so then I used reverse engineering. Yeah. I took windows out. Yeah, yeah. I know. And even that, then I just I protected that as well. I wanted yeah. to know. I used to get phone calls from from other criminals. We've got this earner, but we need these windows kind of out. And I'd be like, well, you know, I just move out of the way, go, what I do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's piece of to do it. Just flatten always, pop the beads off, and the window was out. It's probably, oh, no, no, we're going to have to. Professional job. Yeah, yeah, professional yeah. job. Yeah. 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 Watch out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So what I are they the main drugs that got you to your rock bottom there, Jase? Yeah. Crack. Yeah. Cocaine. Quickly, crack. or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing with crack is, like you said, is it a dear drug? It's not that it's more expensive, it's just that you go through it so much quicker than you do powder cocaine. You so if you had a grand, you'd spend a grand on crack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be asking you for another grand. <laughs> just one more, just one yeah, more. Yeah. Just one more grand. Yeah, 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 yeah. And would good. you spend the whole lot on crack? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's been like, I'd, I'd, spend <laughs> I'd spend that on cocaine, yeah. no problem. Well, I was mm-hmm. the same transition, man. For, for a long time, I smoked uh, like crack in Rockport. Um, and I used to look down my nose at people who smoked heroin or people who, I'd, I'd just be like, fucking junkies, mate. I'd be sat in the same room with them and I'd be like, dirty yeah. bastard. And then soon down the line, you know. So you're smoking crack. A few years and then we all swapped seats and there was a new lad sitting there saying, fucking get off that stuff. And I was like, yeah. thinking, you're going to be me, Syrian. That's, that's how it goes. And it's going like that as we speak now. It's, that's how it's happening. Mm. Isn't it? Well, yeah, because I'm hanging on to the man, actually. Like, my thing was, was like, I've been like deaf since I was 21. Do you know what I mean? It was like, I had a and, uh, you know, I had an operation on me and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really kind of, I pick up on body language and kind of thingy, yeah, so, and I used to, because I was on a good kind of salesman, I was a shit drug dealer, do you know what I mean? But I was up a good salesman and I could get the link for people. So then I'd get these posh dudes from like Shirley and Noel <laughs> asking me to school and then I'd turn up there, they'd be all pally-pally with that and then I would just pick up on that on that, like, them looking down their nose at me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And they'd rack up, they'd be racking up the line, give me a lot. And I would just want to, like, horrify them. So I would then pull up one of my legs yeah. and a spoon. Oh, they're sniffing it. You're, you're yeah, yeah, see, you know, and I'd just see the horrible face, <laughs> yeah. and I'd be like, oh, yeah. This is true, though. Even when people yeah. take the same drugs, I remember with the, with the heroin addicts, if someone was opinion, an IV drug user, yeah, yeah. they would be the fucking lowest of the low. Be yeah. Using in the same room, the same substance, but they'd be, you know, putting it in their body different. And we'd be like, Did, is that what you did, Jace? Well, yeah, I mean, like, for years, that was kind of, I don't know, the first time, so I was, like, kind of using crack and heroin and, um, and, and pharmaceuticals. What do you think of that combo, crack and heroin? Is it a good one? Because um, we hear a lot of people... Yeah, I didn't like the heroin buzz. That's what I'm saying, I'm an upper. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to get psychotic. Yeah. I was happy, you know, I mean, my idea of a, of a good night was driving in my car, on my own, Decoding number plates. Do you know what I mean? Like, that was my, that was my thing. Like, what, cracked off? Yeah. I'd be knackered now. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I would, you know, like, now the laws change and they've got drug testing kits. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I've had it where I've been off my nuts. Yeah. But, and the police know me, and I know me, 
but there was just nothing they could do. Exactly. They're, they're, they're only going to check for the alcohol, aren't exactly. they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I didn't drink, yeah. I'd get away with it all the time. Do mm. you know? I've come up with a crack can. Got flashed yeah. by the police. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 like, friend, and they're at the door. But then, by the time they've got me to the police station, and they've got a doctor, I'm not as wired. Do you know what doctor's gone? There's nothing wrong with me. Now, no. me and you have spoke personally. I, I'm aware of your run-ins with, with the police, and I'm oh, also, no. I'm also aware of your relationship with them now, yeah. which is complete turnaround. So, talk us a bit about your problems with the police. Not so much the police, but your problems and your run-ins with the police. Consequences. I mean, look, prison, you know, look, I've been, you know, I've been sentenced to three and a half years, in, uh, nine and a half years in prison. Do you know what I mean, like, and, I, and I, because I was so gobby, I, I never did, they never sent me to a decap prison or open surroundings. <laughs> I was locked up for every day of the, you know, the four and a half years mm. that I you know, there was, you know, just over four and a half years that I've, you know, that I've been, you know. And was that for the burglary and well, stuff? Well, also, I've got... Because you were a prolific offender, weren't you? Oh, proper. <laughs> <laughs> I, was never, I was never named. I was never named as a, as a, a PIP or a, or a... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, I don't know what he was, but I, I, I was never on the books as a... Prolific, prolific offender, offender yeah. or anything like that. I mean, like, I had... There was one police officer from West Midlands Police, and, um, and, uh, and, and they used to... But the police just used to send him to me. Do you know? Because we had a good rapport. Do you know what I mean? Like, keep, for me and him. Well, when you meet game. someone that many times, you're gonna. It, uh... was a, <laughs> it was a game. Do you know? Yeah. It was cat and mouse. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, for me, though, a lot of people when I say this, they go, "Oh, look, in the year we got about." Do you know what I mean? But I feel that in the UK, I've travelled the world since I've kind of I've come into recovery, so I've been able to see other systems and 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 do you know what I mean? And I listen to. You know, like kind of, you know, the media, and I just kind of see current affairs, and I just watch documentaries, and I kind of yeah. know what's going on around the world. And I just, you know, I personally think that we've got the fairest judicial system on our planet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's whereas, you know, all right, there is going to be corruption at a higher level, or do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all mates together and all that kind mm. of stuff. But on a base level, our system is fair. You know, like you know what I mean? Like you couldn't go, for instance. Do you know what I mean? Something like a driving license. You couldn't go and find somebody to do that. Give me a, there's a couple of hundred quid. Give us an HGV license. Do you know what I mean? Or or get to a, a police officer. Look, don't get doing me for drink driving. He's a thousand pound. He's gonna let you off. You know, like that. This system. Do you know what I mean? Like it's fair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. It's fair game. You're getting arrested. You get locked up. For me personally, I saw something last night about this. All the days I did in prison. Yeah, I deserved every day of them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't sit there and say, I can only put my hand on my heart and say, every time I've been locked up, and every time I've been arrested, and every time I've been in police custody, it has been a, a perfectly valid reason for me mm. to be there. Do you know what I mean? I've yeah. never woke up the next day giving, oh, I've been stitched up or standing there getting used to I'll stand there giving you just stitching me up. Yeah, yeah. When was, the last, yeah. when was the last time you were in prison? Was it? 2000. And that's when you, you come out? <coughs> I come out, yeah, and I still went flat out for, for another eight years. I mean, like, the first time I went to prison was in 1995, and it was for, I've got three and a half years, for having stolen goods and um, possession of a firearm, well, two counts of possession of a firearm. 
was it, 14 cans to start off with, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> 12 of the charges got dropped. Not because I'm a sleek kind of, you know, or kind of drug with a, you know, a, yeah. a legal team behind me. The police fucked up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, was the, that was the, you know, the, the you know, policy and procedure wasn't followed. Yeah. So they had to throw the... the Do you think there could be more help in the um, prison systems in the UK? Like, I've been in prisons myself, and like, whenever I've got out, uh, there's been no change in my uh, addiction. Okay. You know, like, yeah, I've, yeah, I've yeah. always come out and used again. Yeah. Um, it, it, was, it was not through prison that I got clean. Do you think we could do more yeah. in this country, like not as ourselves, or maybe in the future? Yeah, it's something we want to do, isn't it? What was your experience with? Well, um, I mean, the, the thing is, is, do you know what I mean? Like, I've, you know, I kind of understand the system, and I understand the pressures that are on the system, and the pressures. Yeah. Are, you know, yeah. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, even you know, when you kind of listen to. Know, autobiographies of you know people that you know there's a couple of books out there that means there's a guy in the fellowship up, up north do you know what I mean he's locked up in Thailand and I was listening to one the other day about two girls in in um in Peru do you know what I mean yeah, it's it's their system. Yeah. do you know what I mean like when they're yeah. in a cell mm. that's designed for like six and there's 40 of them yeah, there. Yeah. do you know what I mean like yeah. so here in the UK you know when you get a certain amount of jail you're entitled not oh you might get you there, but you are entitled to a single cell. Do you know what I mean? You are entitled. Oh, to I, think that the, I think the conditions in our prison are some of the best in the world. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more of a hotel than a prison a lot of the time. Oh, I was just yeah, <laughs> well, they are now. What you're saying is you yeah, more to to this day. Yeah, man, it's You're sending a drug addict to prison for drug offences. He's likely he or she is likely to come out. The same addict that went in. Yeah, but you're going to come out more educated around crime. Yeah. That's that. See, there's this this kind of like I mean, like the, the the discussion that we're kind of going into now. We could talk. Yeah. There's a whole That's new true, discussion yeah. there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the you know, I never got clean in prison. There was lots of support there if I wanted to take it. But I was too ashamed to to come out as a drug addict. You know, when I was in jail. When I, when I was in prison, I sort of had this, uh, my thought was that nobody knew. I, mm. re I refused to go on any drug wing. So it, to me, it was like, I weren't a drug addict. You know what I mean? I, refu I wouldn't use in jail. I was just my pride. <coughs> and, and I just thought, I hope no one knows. You know what I mean? It was clear I was in, in prison. And I was and what, what a great example of your personal growth. Yeah. Like mm. He's now sat on camera talking about but, it. Yeah, but it'd be, it'd be nice, you know, if, if in the future, there is more help in prison. I know yeah. there is, there is, but it's if you want it. I didn't want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want it. I was a complete opposite to you. I was like, oh, where's the Valium? <laughs> 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 I'm going to be rattling my head off in, in like six hours. If I'm not rattling already, if I come straight from court, I'm going to be rattling in the morning. I want some drugs. But a lot, and a lot. even when I was yeah. going there, there, there was nothing there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I remember the doctor at Windsor Green Prison sliding. Two by roofing over the table to me, as if we're going to keep that full. A lot of a per person's success, whether they're clean or not, is going to be down to their mindset, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Whether what support is there. If you don't want to do it, you're not going to do it. Yeah. So, talk to us about now a bit about. We talked about your drugs, we talked about you being in prison. Talk to us now a bit about getting clean. Why did you get clean? How did you get clean? And what drove you? To to seek that recovery. So I kind of had enough of my life. I'd had enough of the, the disappointment. Just what, what year was this? 
It was 2008. 2008. Well, okay. no, it was 2006, really. Yeah. Um, so I, so I was, you know, like I used for years just on the shame of, of seeing my family. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. Like, nobody really gives a shit about from, from, you know. Do you find a lot of people don't understand that? Why do you keep using, despite of what it's done to your family? Mm. Not, and it's hard that. to explain that. It's because of what I've done to my family that I keep using, and they can't understand that contradiction. Well, I, I never felt any pain. I never felt their pain, so I just carried on using. I didn't give a fuck. But then it's times when the drugs wore off, like, you would have felt that pain. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. And then you then, then what do you do then? But that's when we talk about the insanity of it, isn't it? Where yeah. we keep doing the same thing, yeah. and making the same, and expecting it to be different. Do you know, what I mean? we know the outcome of what happens when we. To be honest, I weren't drugs. expecting anything different. I, I expected what happened. Yeah. To get wired. Yeah. yeah. We still That's... we still did it again. Yeah. And again and again. Yeah. Well I ended up like I went to the first rehab that I went to in two thousand and six and um and it was um it was uh it wasn't a twelve step program, it was a it was a, a therapeutic community. Yeah. It was so like it was really mad actually like kind of when I think about it now, it was so anti twelve step. Yeah. But I know a few they, people like that. They, they were kind of like anti. <laughs> they put their program was kind of like anti twelve step, and mm-hmm. you even mentioned yeah. twelve steps. It was like you know, like frowned upon. Do you remember? I always remember one guy turning around to me and going, "Well, you know, what do you want to go there for? Because you'll just end up getting addicted to meetings." And then it was just kind of like, "Well, hang on a minute." Like, so you're sitting there saying that to us. This was like you know, like kind of the people that were working there, one of the workers, mm-hmm. and yet they were using. And as an activity, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. getting us in the minibus yeah. and taking us to NA means or AA means. So it contradicted you know I mean? itself. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I went in there, I stayed clean towards the end of it. I was in there for about three months and then the funding ran out. So that gave me licence then. You lot, yeah. the system threw me down, blame them, roll that to You've so done I, what you did. I've done what I've done, you've let me down, so it's a fair game. So yeah, yeah, so I started trotting. I, I mean, I could work out, you could have a drink, wait three hours and then you could smell it. So I'd go down to the town and go have a quick bond, <laughs> go on my bike and ride around for three hours in the rain before I went to the, uh, back up to the um, back up to the rehab. Do you know what I mean? And then I was just kind of thinking, then I ended up going to, um, I ended up going to Bangor then, I went to another... Who do you, ba- who do you bang? Bangor. So, yeah. Who did you bang? No, in Bangor. <laughs> I, no, I thought he said bang. I went off to Bangor. Yeah. <laughs> 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 there is more detail. We went to Bangor. That's why I so what I learned from that was, was that the first way I went to, I went in there, I came out of there, an ex-heroin and crack addict, which I now know he's an alcoholic. <laughs> 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 so I just kind of come out there and just flat out on the beer then. But then I kind of, you know what I mean, because I always thought that even though heroin wasn't my thing, I always thought that the heroin was just the problem. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So as soon as I come out of there, hated the world, you lot let me down, that was it. You know what I mean? I was smoking crack and drinking Carl and Black Label. But we couldn't go down the route of, oh, you're an alcoholic. I'd be going, oh, it's Carl and Black Label, it's only 5.2%. Five, 5. But... Just to find it. 
Yeah, yeah, but well, I forgot that I was drinking 16 cans a day. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah. <laughs> and, and then topping up with Strongbow Super as well. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and the crack. Yeah, crack. And, and do you know what I mean? And it was just, it was painful. So then they decided then that, that, that I could go to work. I mean, like, you get people that are around at the minute all resentful at people like me that went to Rio back in the day or 12 years ago because there's only dry houses and, mm. and, and, and day projects. So they get resentful. And I'm resentful at them going out to wait nine months twice yeah. to get to Rio. Yeah, yeah. Well, at that kind of, I will get you in straight away. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was well, like, nine months were nice. Oh, he said, not for me, it was yeah. all right. But for my mum, my dad and my sister, they were horrendous. My mum used to all waft because they make me get to these focus on rehab groups in Birmingham city centre. We lived on Charles Wood. I was banned from driving at this time. My mum had waft a ten pound note or a twenty pound note over me on the settee. Go, ooh, look at this thing. And I'm then I'm just hateful in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, I'm hateful, and I turn up to this focus on rehab, and there's some of the guys are still around in the fellowship that are a couple of three, four years cleaner than me. And the one geezer said, the one guy turned around and he said, when your name used to come that you, it used to be rung around in red or a big cross side <laughs> you know what I mean this one's a lot because that's what I was I my geek was I thought it was my God given right to persecute professionals and tell mm. them how shit they was at doing their job yeah do you know what I mean so deflecting thought, on you yeah because yeah, it was just like your shit do you know what I mean but then I would so which didn't do me any favours but did me loads of favours later on because just the mere mention of my name when I got cleaned. And then tell us your clean day. When, when is it? The 21st of the 8th, 2018. Oh, 2008. 2018, 2018, I think, the first answer, please. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm 14 years clean yeah. in, um, in a few weeks, in a few months. Brilliant. That's amazing. So yeah. from a life of crack, smack, burglary, prison, yeah. you got you got to the point where you got clean enough. Yeah. Uh, 14 years today. How clean are you? Uh, I don't know, 30, 13 years, nine months or something like Considerable that. Considerable amount 13, of time. Uh, five months off. So in that, in that, in your time you've been clean, what have I done? Yeah, what have you done and how, how's life changed? So, I got dragged kicking and screaming into a 12-step rehab in Western Superman. Yeah, well, we're aware so of that, mate. So, <laughs> so I went there to kind of get everybody off my back. Yeah. And I'd had enough. Yeah. You know, had, Which is also a massive help, isn't it? Yeah, mm. You've seen that photo of me, you know, when I'm, I'm malnourished. The, the nurse that detoxed me, because I detoxed at my sister's house before I went into the rear. So I spent 10 days there. And, met, <laughs> and there was like, and my mum and sister laughed very now. My mum and my sister was having a blazing rain because I'm deaf and I'm never wore an ear now. I'm stopping downstairs. They've just stopped arguing so as not to upset me, so I wouldn't get, use that as an excuse. You better, I'm off. So they were all, all on eggshells while I was there, do you know what I mean? And, and the nurse used to come in every day and give me the meds that I need, Lord of the Fetstein, or you know, the, the, the tablets that I was on, medication. And she said to me about six or eight months when I'd come out of rehab, she turned around and said, you was, probably a couple of months from death through wow. malnutrition because mm -hmm. I just used to live on 
cheese and onion crisps, cheese, um, and jam donuts. That was eating anything. I used to eat like a fly. I'm surprised yeah. I never used to just throw up on my hands and then. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I just couldn't even bother to eat. I couldn't yeah. be bothered to eat. And how long were you in the the treatment in Western? And did you do your full stint? I did my full stint. Yeah. Did that involve a like a, a detox or some sort? <coughs> no, I did the detox of my sisters. Oh yeah. Oh, you went yeah, there. Yeah, you no, went there. Yeah. And I was really fortunate. Um, so so kind of when I, when I was in there, um, I was probably about I don't know. I was probably about a week clean. And H and I from the fellowship came in and did a meeting. So the guy that's now my sponsor yeah. came in um, and he was sharing. And I can honestly, like, I can put this down to, uh, uh, you know, that point within that hour that I was there. I remember sitting there like that. I've been in there a week, and um, and I was surrounded by cockneys and scousers and manks and. Taffies and you know there's no brummies in there. Well, there was one brummie in there, um, Satie, um, but there was all these and I was, oh, do you know what I mean? Fucking foreigners and you know got kind of because they're from Liverpool, so they're foreigners. Do you know what I mean? Like as far as I'm concerned, country bumpkins and all. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of what the narrative that was going in the head. And all of a sudden, these guys started talking, and I was looked like a meerkat because he was a brummie. <laughs> and, I was, and I was yeah, and I was sat there listening to him, and he was he was from my same town. He was talking about areas that I knew. He was just a mad crackhead like me, so I could all identify yeah, yeah. with that. Um, and then there was all kind of a little narrative going on in my head about. I sat there and I thought to myself, these geezers are because he's like, he's in his mid sixties. And he turned around and he looks he was a lot older than me and he's got and I'm sat there thinking, This guy's has been around a lot longer than I have. He's used drugs longer than I have. You know, because he was talking about using in the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands, you know what I mean? He was talking about and I sat there and I thought to myself, he's been using a lot longer than I have. Do you know what I mean? He's used the drugs that I have, he lived where I lived, he knows places that I know. If I want to, I can stand up and go and score and use. Yeah. My last prison sentence was a year long. That six months weren't really quick. Do you know what? I'm going to give this a go. That's what I said to myself. I'm going to give this a go. What I now know is, is that when I said that in my head, I'm going to give this a go, I became open-minded. Yeah. And I became willing. Yeah. I became willing to try something different. And that was what I did. Do you know what I mean? I became willing to listen to the stuff that these people... Because he yeah. was on about... Because you say that that when suggestions left their mouth, they hit your ears as... Yeah, as an order. As an order. And yeah. that's, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's he what did all, he didn't, They weren't suggested, they were orders. It served you well, though, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, but that's, that's what I'm saying. No, I've got... You know what I mean? Like, I used to... Because I remember him saying, you know what I mean? Like, Stick with the winners, took lift, you know what I mean? Like, if this all the same, you know I mean? like, and that's what I was doing. I was just learning this new vocabulary. Yeah. I mean, like, we was, and we're getting some new tools in this way up. We just hacked alongside of each other with them, you know what I mean? Like, kind of in the cop groups and 
you know, like kind of challenging each other and all that mm. kind of stuff. I mean, it was brutal. <laughs> Not so much with the staff, but the, you know, your mm. players. He's too much cleaner than you, but he just thinks he's so spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's just like, mate, you've only been in here a month longer than I have. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're a newcomer. But I never thought that at the time. I just used to kind of look up to him, so I'd listen to, to them and, and I'd seek guidance and all that kind of stuff off off people do you know what I mean and and then what I ended up doing what I'm doing was a similar kind of thought process so I was about four days clean for this one so that was about a four days <laughs> and I was about four days for this one so I landed there on the Monday and on, on Thursday they used to have their team meeting they never actually said this to me but this is how I heard it we're having our team meeting this afternoon <laughs> You ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Sit in the corner, keep your leg falls off, grab two of your peers and have a mini group. Tell them all about it. If not, you can watch one of these films. So they had these old VHS films and they were like American treatment based films. So there was like, you know, like, they were like Sesame Street for adults. Do you know what I mean? They were condescending, patronising. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, talking about relationships and all that. But because he was American, you know, he's got Bubba falling out of a Cadillac with a roll of dollars in his hand. You know what I mean? Talking street terminology mm. that didn't mean anything to me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't identify with him. So, you know, I want to see Stevie G driving up the country road in a metro, something crack up his jaw. Do you know what I mean? We're like halfway there. And I stood up in the own head and said, there's shit. Mm. I'm going to remake them. And so, that's what you do now, isn't it? Yeah, You're exactly, a filmmaker. Yeah. So like from that, from four days clean, and then getting involved in, 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 in the rehab and all that kind of stuff, you know what I mean, and taking... That's your purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then, but then it was like, I think when I, I got out of, I got out of rehab, I remember standing, you know those railway signs that are like scrolling and it's the name, it's in that block capitals and it's yeah. like gold and you know, there's like flowers on the top. I remember standing at Birmingham International Train Station on platform three with a rucksack a bin liner and a box and the train pulled up and I just saw Birmingham International Train Station I thought I stood there and thought what the hell am I going to do now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And, um, and there was nothing stopping you at that point? No, there was nothing that? stopping me from Growing, but I just if thought, if that, I'm going to give it a go, I'm going to give it a go, I'm just going to, do you know what I mean, like, and then my family just closed around me, do you know what I mean, my mum, I remember going to my sister's, and walking up the drive at my sister's, and seeing my sister's head through the window, <laughs> giving her like that, what she got was a tray with all the drinks on it, and she was out putting them in the shed, do you know what I mean, like, yeah. So they was all to in their behaviour and that their stuff mm-hmm. around them to kind of feed me, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I didn't have my own. Which is a shame, but it's also yeah, very nice it, yeah, that these families did that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been so lucky with my family. Do you know what I mean? Like, my mum and my dad. You know, my mum was always there. Do you know, my sister was always there. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, my sister, for the, for the last nine months of my using, kind of subsidised my drug use because she didn't want me do you know what I mean like in a, in a 
you know what I mean? Like point of view, he's only going to jail. Yeah. Do you remember typical addiction went, how much money do you need? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And do you think them, them values? Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, kind of resentful. Mm. I think some family members, it's the only way they know to love you. And they, they, they don't know they're enabling you. Um, mm. I, I, I see it a lot, like things close to home with me, and people, you know, they think it's love, it's the only, they yeah. still want to give this love, and they yeah, think, well, yeah. oh, I could see a smile coming with this 20 quid. Yeah, yeah. But I know it's killing on Education around that needs to improve massively. Especially from a mother to a child or someone yeah. or a close sibling. You're never going to change that. No, nah, I don't You're think so. You're never going to change that. You're never going to change a mother their love because yeah. uh, they don't want you to be, to be bad. Because mm. we use, I mean, I've got, you know, I over. I just over egged my withdrawal of symptoms. But is that is that because they manipulate? Is that because they don't understand though, Jace? Do you know what I mean? So the normal people. Do you know what I mean? Even if you're educated, mums. They do it slowly. Mums want to do. That's what mums do. Yeah. But if everyone knew that, maybe I've got to let them get to their bottom to if get you, better do you know what I mean then for instance, people would let that happen mom, right I'm ashamed of me saying this but if you tell <laughs> my mum stop giving him money because you, you know you're making him ill like you're making him worse he's going to die and then I lock the door an hour later and went mum I really need 20 quid she, yeah. she goes yes sir, yeah, yeah. don't tell no one yeah. that's just like just that's fine. mothers that's line love isn't you it you know what I mean and I don't think you're going to change it we still yeah. should edu- educate everyone on it it'd be yeah. great if we all knew a bit more but because if someone said <coughs> give that person money eventually he'll get better yeah. from not doing that yeah. would that change the perspective of it do you know what I mean that's what you, 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 <laughs> were, you were eventually by you'll get, do you know what I mean though and then you were surrounded by love and yeah. a caring family and that's something now you can take forward because obviously yeah. we know that you became a father yeah. when you got yeah. clean and that's yeah. something now yeah. that will but I was a father anyway my eldest is 35 yeah sorry yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean like it was so when I kind of came out then, when I came out of rehab, then it was like, do you know what I mean? I, I, I went, the only place that I knew was my local drug services. Yeah. So yeah. I went to my local drug services. It wasn't like it is now with his volunteering opportunities. I've turned up with my mad bag, my new teeth and my tracksuit. Do you know what I mean? I just pissed them off, basically. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Really done the red. How come he I remember getting into the ring with one of the drug workers because of, oh, you know, I was entitled because I'm volunteering. I'm entitled to the code, to the door to get through. Do you know what I mean? And then the rest of them was just like, do you want? Do you know what I mean? And then I, it was like the service user stuff that I was I was going into there. Do you know what I mean? I was going in there to try and do some. It's very tokenistic. Few crumbs off the end of the table kind of thing. Um, you know, and and the, the guy that was had been doing the service user role in my local area, and it, he was still, he did on methadone like thirty years. You know yeah. what I mean? And he was saying to me when I was going in there talking about abstinence, and talking about the traps, said, "Oh, you can't be coming in there talking about that about that religious." I said, "Well, about religious stuff." Said, so mm-hmm. oh, no, no, you can't. Right. You, know, you can't be talking about. Uh, you can't be talking about abstinence. You've got to give people a choice. I mean. You haven't had a choice for 30 years, mate. <laughs> so the only yeah. choice you've got is to get up and get to the chemist. Yeah. So that's the only choice you've got. So that's pure yeah. imprisonment. 
Exactly. And, and as a project, we don't want that approach no. where we're telling people stuff like that. We can yeah. only, mm. Jace, you, if I came to you for advice, you could only tell me what you did. Exactly. Yeah. What and what they, yeah, yeah, and that's how we, we, we don't want to dictate to anyone or condescend to anyone. If you want to get clean, this is how we do it. Yeah. If it can work for us, it yeah, may it work for work. you. I've, I've, what I don't like, what I kind of heard, and I mean, it's probably changed now after I've kind of kept away from, from like services and that, but I would hear drug workers turn around to me. Like, I, there was a lad that was on the periphery, and, and this drug worker turned around to me and said, oh, Jay, Jay, can you come down and talk to this lad? You know, try and come 12 stepping. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was a hard graft to try and kind of get going. And I was kind of getting, I, I'm thinking about it. I must have been nuts myself. I was probably about 18 months clean. So I'm telling him this stuff. And then the drug workers then, because he, he, he's got me down, introduced me to this lad, and then he's gone in to do another, yeah, like, had another client, and mm. then he's come out. But when he's come out, he's turned around to Mikey boy, and he went, yeah, can, yeah, can try that then? Might not be for you, but can give it a go? And I just thought, why are you telling him that? Why are you saying to him it's not for you? Let's what get you done there. Let's forward yeah. the, what happens. Yeah. So Maggie boy leaves the house, walks to the bus stop. Yeah. His expectation is that he's going to transition perfectly from the bus stop to the bus. Yeah. But what happens is. He ends up at the bus stop and he does a really dangerous thing that addicts do. He stands there thinking. <laughs> stands at the bus stop. That's a very stop dangerous there. combo. Oh, stands there <laughs> thinking, hmm, because the bus ain't there. And he's gone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's gone because he, all he's got in his head is the drug worker turn around to him and give him more not be for you. Yeah, mm. that must be a latest thing. I dare you, just... And that's, that's all that it would hear. Let him try, do you know what I mean? Let him try, I mean, I'll kind of talk things about it. I'll come through if you come Facebook and that. At the moment, I just kind of see this stuff off the, you know, from the drug service and that turning around and giving me, oh, you know, that, that in trial step, that trial step, you know, it's only got a 5% success rate. And it's like, I've been around 14 years, they've been ready to come to me to white jack, white coat again. Mm, I've known you, man. Yeah. Like, Jeremy, so where's this statistic coming from? Yeah. And then I see photographs. It's all anonymous as well, so it's like the police station sits in Exactly. <laughs> but I see them see people, I see photographs on, on social media of people in the, and I did the calculation on the thing, yeah? And and we're not just talking about people doing the first, year, you know, because they have to break it down. Only if they stay here for a year, only for three years, five years. These people were five, six, seven, eight years clean, mm. and I did the maths in the people in the photo, and it was eighty percent, and they were all over five years. Statistics clean. can be uh, mm. to fit whatever narrative they're trying to push exactly. at the time, can't they? Exactly. It's just one percent of all statistics are made up. So. Let's talk a little bit and we'll finish on this. The big thing that happened in your recovery was when you were awarded an OBE. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, no, 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 no. It's <laughs> it's something you've achieved. Yeah. What are you proud of, man? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, when, I, when I kind of got clean, then I'll, I'll, I'm just going to tell you a quick version of, of what I've done since, yes. I, since I got clean. So, I got clean, 
had that little thing you can't bring that here out you can't you've got to give people a choice and I was all sack at anyway so I got involved in the fellowship that I'm kind of a part of now so I just got involved in that they taught me you can only keep what I've got you've got by giving it away I just kind of meetings 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 got involved in service started getting some spiritual principles in my life started getting a new vocabulary in your life mm -hmm. so that was in the January and then because I've got this idea that I wanted to be a filmmaker I then sourced through a couple of people in the fellowship and said oh try this college because they do a media course bear in mind the DVLA had enough of them they said don't bother coming anywhere near us to get because they they'd um they did a revoked my license yeah. and they said because I was on methadone which rightly so do you know what I mean they said don't come near us for 18 months so I was on the bus so I had to go from Charmsley Wood to Great Bar every day for this college course in the September so I, do you know what I mean I'd have to catch the bus to Great Bar I, I used to spend probably I don't know in the early days then I'd probably be spending four five hours six hours on the bus a day wow. you know because it weren't like it is now where there's like loads of, when, when I first got clean there was like seven meetings mm -hmm. so I used to go to college and then I would I would then go leave college and go straight to a meeting because of college because what people don't kind of realise like full time college because only 15 hours do you know what I mean so it's like it's two and a half days really do you know what I mean so I kind of did two and a half days college and then the rest of it then was recovery based so yeah. it'd be like NA you know what I mean I'd, mm. I'd spend like I'd have to go from like Chelmsley Wood to um, from Chelmsley Wood to like Woodbourne Priory at the top end of the Agley Road so it'd take like three quarters of an hour on the bus into the city centre then I'd bomb about in town and, and have a coffee and that on my own you know what I mean there weren't many yeah, people yeah. around then do you know what I mean on my own or meet the odd person um, and that was when I learnt about gambling because I never got into gambling really but I've, I've got into a little bit like the odd tenor um, doing um, like uh, blackjack but I couldn't afford a tenner, do you know what I mean? And mm. then my mate lent over to me the one day, he was flat out on him and he went, he says, the problem is with these video games, look, gambling games, he says they're off the crack cocaine of the uh, gambling world, just one more, just one more. Yeah, yeah. And it just, and it, just one more tenner, just one more tenner, and it resonated with me. And I put it down then, yeah, mm. I put them down. Um, so yeah, so I'd just be dossing about in town and then get to where, where I could, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it weren't like, do you know what I mean? Getting lifted. I used to get a lift home off, off my closest friend in recovery, Malcolm. He used to drop me home every night. Do you know what I mean? I'd be, you know, yeah, yeah. Be successful business around. Quite common in recovery, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he used to drop me home. Um, so I'd go to college. So I did a, a so for, so from January till September, it was just bombing about in LA and all that kind of stuff. And then in the September, then I went to college. And it was a, it was just a, it was a city in guilds. It was called Advanced Media Techniques. So it was about filmmaking, radio broadcast, magazine design, photography, and journalism. And I did that course for a year. And then after the course, because I didn't know where I've got, I didn't know that that I'm a good salesman, that I've got a good, a good blagger. Um, do you know what I mean? I didn't know they had any of that. And um, a tutor turned around to me at the end of that year and he went, I've never met anybody like you 30 years of teaching. He said, if you haven't got your own film production company within a year of leaving here, there's something seriously wrong. Do you know what I mean? And I walked away from that the, at the end of term with a bit of self-worth. 
a bit of self-esteem, do you know what I mean? And then we was then booked in there, I was booked in then for the next year, we left in May, and then for the following September, we did a HND. So did a HND, medium, uh, media yeah. techniques. Um, do you know what I mean? And kind of the rest, and then I, d I completed that. So I did a HND. In my first college course, I didn't know, like the tutor come up to me anyway. He says, you're really doing yourself a disservice. I says, what's that? And he said, you wouldn't know what a deadline was if a deadline come up and punched you in the face and said, hello, I'm a deadline. He said, you wouldn't even, he said, but you're not getting the marks that you should be getting because you're handy. Because I used to get to him, oh, is that all right? Any, any girl, yeah, yeah, you're going to hand it in. Okay, no, 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 I'll just tell you. Can you say, all right, if I hand it in tomorrow? And he go, well, yeah. Do you know what I mean, Lord? But when I did my HND, I, I cottoned on to the getting stuff in on the yeah, end time, mm. so I was getting really good marks. So that entitled me then to do a uh, to do um, a degree. But in the meantime, after that first year, when I walked away in the summer, I set up in two thousand and ten. I set up a community interest company called Oysel Media, yeah, which is a film production company, which then morphed into a training company as well. So. Um, so I was making films for like the Birmingham City Council Drug Services and for the Probation Service yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But <coughs> so I was doing that, I was networking, I was getting involved in the third sector. At the same time, I was still going to college and going to uni. Um, do you know what I mean? So I'd, I'd go and do networking events while I was at college and all that kind of stuff. And I was making films. And then... Um, and then I ended up writing with my sister because my sister's a teacher. We sat down and we wrote a filmmaking workshop. And that was again off what I'd learnt in NA. Like I was going to Airy and I was on the, I was on the bus and I was like, mm, you know, I've got no kids, I've got no like, kind of professional people around me. How am I gonna make it? I've been learning this new language about, you know, income streams and and spreadsheets and, and you know sustainability and I was learning this new language and then as I was going into um, area there was a guy there an old time talking to a newcomer and he went hello you think it's funny and the newcomer was like kicking his toe and going well he's been seven days he's been only seven days he said you've got to he said you've got to be seven days seven days ago he says you've got to tell people I'm seven days yeah. you can teach somebody that's just walked through the door how right, to get seven days yeah. you can teach somebody with six days how to get seven days and they sit there and you're already turned seven days and as I walked past that conversation I thought mm, I've only been doing this filmmaking for 18 I've been doing this filmmaking for 18 months yeah. mm. and then I was being taught I can only keep what I've got worth giving it away and I thought how can I give this away what I've learned over the past months, how can I give that away? So I sat down with my sister and wrote an eight week filmmaking workshop. So, using the skills that I'd learned, I then started and applied for funding and that, and I was teaching filmmaking, which then morphed into teaching filmmaking in prison, which morphed into teaching male filmmaking. Morphed in into that? With a set of yeah. keys for a prison that I'd actually been locked up in. So you're awarded an OBE for services to... For my services to, um, to... That's remarkable, isn't it? Mm. What was Prince Charles like? I was lovely. I really felt, listen to him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, he weren't rushed or... 
he laughed at me, Joe, when I told him. He never looks at the rush, does he, old Charles? No. Like, he was really, but I know it's his job. I bet he's in a rush to get to the throne. I know it's his job to do that, but I really felt reason to. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't rushed and he wanted. Do you know what I mean? It was really nice. Absolutely brilliant. So that's Jace from Smacker, Burglar. Yeah. OBE. Well, this is what I'm saying now. So, so, so when I carried on from that, so my thing then was I did a degree. So I did a, a yeah. so I got a first class honours degree, and then I, I took a year off, and then I did a master's degree, and I got a distinction masters. Just after I got my masters, I won the mayor's award in Solihull, which got the equivalent of the keys to the town, freedom of the town, and then I was told that it was a that it was a springboard into an MBA or this. A lady like a canister, yeah, hey, Jason, you knew that was a springboard into an MBA. And, I thought, yeah. and then I was watching New Year's Honours, Queen's Honours, and, and it was like two years out. And, I thought, yeah. and then next thing you know, I've come back, we've come back off holiday, and the letter on thing, and which really did me head in because I had to keep it a secret. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as you all know, mate, <laughs> do you know what I mean? The hard killed me. It killed me. Oh, great. How great is this, man? Mm. Yeah, that's a great achievement. And, and then we had to then had to wait then because then COVID. Yeah. So I was supposed to go on the twenty sixth of March down to Buckingham Palace. And the twenty fourth of March they locked down the whole of the country. So we couldn't even go. So I had to wait wait for two years. Yeah, like I'm supposed to happen with it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's a really fantastic story, us. Thank you, Jace, for coming on and, <laughs> yeah, and awesome. speaking so um, so honestly mm. and openly. Um, I think we'll should we wrap things up there. Are you happy with that? Yeah. I think yeah. that went really well. Uh, before you do, go on. Just the only kind of thing that around kind of recovery and all that kind of stuff. So I've always listened to a lot of audio books and I listen to um, I listen to the doctor. Well, I listened to a comedian who was friends with the doctor that was on Oprah, you know, Dr. Phil. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and this comedian went to Dr. Phil and said to Dr. Phil, oh, my son's got, I think we think he's got, you know, like kind of, um, he's got self-esteem issues or self-worth issues. You know, what yep. is it that we can do or say that or kind of like help him with that? And that Dr. Phil, I'm going to forget I just think it's great what he said. He turned around and he said, the best thing self-esteem and self-worth is complete what you start so if you're going to start something make sure you finish complete it complete it mm. yeah. complete it you know you're going to get a sense of achievement at the end of it do you know what I mean you're going to get something out of it there's a learning experience recovery now for me is about it's not about the, when I was flat out it was about short term it was about instant gratification it was about kind of you know, no, 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 me, 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 I want it now. Now it's about the long, not long game, it's the long gain. Yeah. The long game, what am I going to gain? What am I going to gain up there? And just kind of, you know, I know we kind of say, baby, you know, we probably don't keep it in the day and keep it in the day. But you've got to make plans. You know, what is it for me when I first got clean? Goals. Mm. Goals. Yeah. yeah. My goal was when I got out of, when I got out of, um, when I got out of rehab, about, I don't know, when I knew that I was going to this college course, my goal was to get a degree. Yeah. And the reason I wanted the degree, and it's probably a mad way of thinking about it, but my parents have value to academia, because my sister got a degree years ago in 1980, 
Do you know what I mean? Or no, 19. Whatever you can use as drive. And that's it. what I did it for. I just yeah. thought these are the benefits. This is what my mum and dad again seen me in a cap and gown, but I've smashed her one now. I mean, my sister's one. Do you know what I mean? I've actually had three cap and gowns. I mean, I'm an over you. That's amazing. So yeah. we'll wrap this, wrap it up. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, Been great. So if anyone out there who is struggling with any addiction-related issue, um, please make contact with us, which you can do on our Facebook, mm. on our Instagram, and you can also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I've done that already. Yeah, which so we need more face, people to do. Our Instagram is the Dynamo Project, yeah? Mm. Yeah, so just search Dynamo Project on Facebook, and our website is still being constructed. It will be completed soon. Um, so that'll be another way you can make contact with us and of course we'll update everybody on our, our mm. social media things like I said I'm going to view two commercial properties tomorrow which will hopefully be our day centre so um, I'll be sure to update people on the progress of that so yeah be happy to wrap things up yeah. thank yeah. you Jace you're welcome and good luck with the project oh, thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.